So guys, welcome back to the Humanity Jitsu podcast. We're on our 32nd episode and today we are with the one and only, I think he's uh, the most handsome man in of Israel, I've been told, Tomer Elroy. What is up, Tomer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, in all of Israel, by the way. No. Yeah. I won a contest. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude. Yeah. He, he won a contest. <laughs> a few contests as well. <laughs> Oh, it's a few you? contests. Yeah. Uh, no complaints, man. You know, gym's open up again tonight, so I haven't trained in a bit, so I'm happy That's as all awesome. hell. That's awesome. So you can train regularly, like the the uh, with people, you know, drilling on each other and stuff, or you're like uh, uh, training we, from far away. Oh uh, no, we can we can train just with a small group of people. Like we have our, mm. our, our, our group of ten. That's the only people we're allowed to train and roll yeah. with. I and know, then the the coach cool. divided the the groups the um, the training to like um, small groups. Yeah. Training. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. That can even be better for some people because you have more uh, quality time with the coach because mm. he can see you better. Sometimes you can get lost in the crowd. Yeah, that's some really it's pretty good in my opinion. So Tomer, mm-hmm. do you want to tell everyone where you're from and where you train in case they want to get around with you sometime? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm from Israel, born and raised in Israel. I'm living in Tel Aviv, which is the main city uh, in Israel. You know, a lot of people um, that, you know, you, you can meet Israeli people around the world, they will tell you they live in, in Tel Aviv, but I'm really in Tel Aviv. Everybody wants to be here. Um, <laughs> I, I train in a different city, though. It's like 20 minutes from, uh, from Tel Aviv. It's called Natania. That's where my gym is. My coach's gym is where I train. It's called um, MMA Israel, which is a soul fighter affiliation uh, gym. My, my coach and I are the, the Europe affiliation of the soul fighters. Um, and yeah, that's where we train. Mm. Yeah, see, one thing I'm wondering about since gyms have started opening up again, how, how, are you, how is your gym sort of handling it? What sort of policies you've implemented with the whole uh, lockdown restrictions being lifted? Yeah, so my coach is, my coach is um, the, um, the official coach of the Israeli national jiu-jitsu team. So he, he was able to train the, the team for a while. They gave him a special permission because it was a specific group that could train. So we've been training for a while. I was lucky to train with my family because my whole family are training. My brother and my father, they are training as well, black belt and brown belt. So... We had like a small training camp in my parents' place. So we have mattresses and weights and all. So I was kind of getting into shape during the uh, during the pandemic instead of uh, going out of shape. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but now um, you know training is getting back to usual. You know um, we we train like in small groups, but we can do almost everything. Mm. Just trying to be oh. careful, trying to check the fever every training and all that. Mm. Oh, man, I just cannot wait for uh, competitions to come back. So I just really yeah. want to kick someone's ass right now. Everyone. Have you, have you been competing a lot? I compete uh, a lot. I've only been training three years, but I've, uh, I compete a lot. Wait, so you're a blue belt or a, or a really nasty white belt? <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm an okay blue belt, so... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That, 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 that's fair. That's fair. Three years for blue belt, it's fair. Mm-mm. Yeah, like blue belt is the time that you go starting to like getting really hyped on jiu-jitsu or, or you're disappearing. 
That's, hmm. There's no gray area in between. Uh, see, I've actually uh, made a really good like insurance policy to make sure I don't quit jiu-jitsu. <laughs> okay. What is see, that? here's the thing. I own like 20 geese, a shitload of no-gi Shit. stuff. Oh. Like half my wardrobe consists of, of jiu-jitsu clothes. Uh, I go in early to help the kids and the beginners. I do like two classes right. a day. And I made a nice. podcast about jiu-jitsu. So I, I yeah, look a sir. bit stupid if I quit. Yeah, so you're kind of into it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Some people get that moment when they understand that they're in jiu-jitsu for life, like during their journey to become a black belt. But some people get it while they're a blue belt. You know, you find yourself with a podcast and 20 geese and that's it. You're uh, kind of stuck. <laughs> the kinda next step stuck. is a tattoo. Is a tattoo on your, on your face or something, on your arm? Oh, like, no, no, no. The... I'm never getting tattoos because, like, see, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'd have to take time off training for it to heal because, like. Yeah, exactly. That's what I tell to everyone when they tell me about tattoos. And no way. I'm not going to lose, like, two weeks of training just because of a tattoo. Nah. My father has the same joke. He's telling the same joke like since I was like, you know, four years old about tattoos. The reason he's not doing tattoo because let's say he see the the woman is doing tattoo on on her breast. You know, she's doing like um like a cute dolphin on the breast, but when she becomes eighty, it becomes a whale. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny the first time, but here it's for the past like twenty years. <laughs> you're not gonna laugh anymore. But no, no. That's, a, that's a good joke. Oh man, that that's a great joke. Credit <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. to my father. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. One thing I'm curious about each of my guests is uh, how did you get into martial arts? Did you train anything before jujitsu? Before, yeah, I was training. I'm a I'm a karate karate black belt. Um, and I did a lot of MMA before I did, I trained Muay Thai in Thailand and, and, and you know, of course, wrestling and jiu-jitsu and all that and boxing. Uh, the reason I got into martial arts is because I was fat, actually. <laughs> I was fat and I wanted to lose weight. Um, and you know, I hated to run. So I said, no, nah, I'm not going to play soccer. So I'm just going to punch some people. It was easy at the beginning. Um, but yeah, then, you know, the MMA scene, after I got my black belt in karate, uh, the MMA scene in Israel became a, a bit more popular. And, and, you know, I wanted to learn that, that thing called, you know, BJJ, you know, you didn't know how to do it. You, 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 we were used to learning from, um, from uh, YouTube. But not like today you know, on YouTube, you have some quality stuff. You know, even, you know, Atos are promoting their website in YouTube, so they put their videos from the website on YouTube. So it's quality technique. Back then it was like everyone were doing whatever. Like you could say, this is the strongest arm lock you've ever seen. And it's like the shittiest thing ever. Um, but we found a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt guy in Israel and we start training with him. And then I met my coach and I start like my, my uh, coach today. I met him and then I start training with him and everything is changes. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, what would you say is the thing you struggled with most in your early days of training? Um, not tapping. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I, I would, I would have a like a bad habit of getting into submissions. Mm. Like, you know, I was, I was having this kind of mindset of, um, 
you know, I'm going to, if somebody going to try to submit me, I'm just going to try to find out, like trying to find a way to escape, even if I'm going to get hurt, which is the worst mindset for a beginner. You know, you should learn to tap and find a way to escape the next time, not, not trying to find a way during the submission. Mm. Um, I remember like after I did my first competition, I, I remembered I was really good on top. Like really good. I was okay on top, but I felt good on top. And but if somebody would have like swept me or I just find myself on the bottom, I didn't know what to do. I remember like I had this like moment in the competition where I told myself like, oh shit, I really don't know what to do from here. Like I'm on my back and I'm like, what do I do now? And I start working on on my guard. Hmm. So yeah. What was your first sort of competition experience like? Because I know you had a sort of aversion to competing at, at the beginning, if that's correct. Yeah, I, I hated to compete so much because I was competing a lot in my when I did a karate. And it's different when you compete in a striking martial art than, you know, grappling martial art. Because in striking, you still, you get beat up, you know. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. If you win or lose, you're still fighting with the guy. And it's not fun to get to to hit each other all the time. You can't compete in every week. So I had a like, you know like a bad experience from that, and I didn't want to compete. I didn't want the pressure and all. But my coach, you know, he he did a we call it barracuda. He did it. He did a trick on me. He just he I came back from my trip after the army, and and he told me like, man, try something new. Let's do a competition. And I told them, like, you know, I don't like to compete. I don't, I don't want to do it. Um, but he tried to convince me with, the, you know, try to get out of your comfort zone kind of thing. And he told me, you know, we're going to compete for like an hour. And then we're going to go and party and all that. So, you know what, whatever. Let's do it. Um, what I didn't know is that he already bought the ticket and, and booked the hotel and everything before I even said yes. So I really didn't have a choice. It was either going or going. Um, but then when I, we went to compete. Uh, I had a few fights. I won. Uh, uh, it wasn't like a tough competition, but he gave me like, a, you know, the hype again to want to compete, to see that it's not really that bad. And then and I started to compete a lot after that. Hmm. So, uh, do you prefer competing under specific rule sets? Um, it's it's a tough question because because you, you we are getting because we compete usually on the IBJJF, so I'm you know I'm I'm used to competing in the IBJJF like on their rule set without reaping and the time limit and all that. I think the best rule set are the you know the UAE ones where the fight is six minutes and now they even change it a bit. So I don't like all the all the specific rules, but you know they change it that the the advantages are different. You get a point instead of an advantage, which can change the whole fight dynamic. Mm. You know, in my opinion, the pro- one of the problems in IBJJF is that it's really easy to stall the fight because the fight is so long. You know, yeah. when you fight for 10 minutes, you can't go berserk from the first second till the end. Nobody has that kind of... You know, it's really common to see black belts waiting for the, for the seven-minute mark to start get, getting the points that they want. 
Mm. Which can lead to boring fight and can lead to like a boring, you know, boring sport. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. Especially like uh, you see that like way more in the gi. Like you see like someone just like grabbing the grip and just like hugging them pretty much for like the whole fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Uh, so but when was... the fight is like six minutes, it's yeah. it's really it's really good. It's really, see a lot of like like there there will always be someone that will play strategy. You know, there will always be that guy that will play strategy, but. You, see, you can see it less because you get more penalties or, you know, the guy have more cardio to explode, so it's hard to hold him down. Hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. See, uh, what would you say is your favorite submission, just in general? Mm. Ah, knee bar. Now, now is knee bar. Uh, yeah, now <laughs> is a knee bar. Before that was, I think, armbar. You know, like the good old armbar. But uh, now I think it's an e-bar because uh, I was start getting that in competition and like I started liking it in training even more and start finding new ways to set it up and all. Ooh, the, the thing about submission, I think that uh, I think that um, you know there are some submissions that 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 are really cool, but uh, you you don't feel good doing them, and there are some submissions that, that you automatically doing and you feel good with them, and. <laughs> I didn't like Nibar at first, but I was but I getting a lot of Nibar during training and in, I think Nibar is the most I think I did the most Nibars in all of my submission in competition. So I told myself, okay, you're pretty good at it. I think you should try, start doing it. <laughs> uh, and what sort of entries do you like using, like just for just an example? To Nibar? Yeah. Um, the the uh, the thing is now I'm working on getting it from every place. Um, but like the setups that I like to do is either from spider guard. I, I, I posted a video on Instagram about it. It's kind of like the, uh, Brazio Stima one that he did where you bait the guy to pass and then you explode up to, to get the knee. Um, and the one from De La Hiva on top, there's a really sneaky way to do it. When the guy puts the De La Hiva on your leg and you just pull the De La Hiva inside and get like a straight knee bar. <laughs> I'll, I'll upload a video about that as well. It's really like it gets people by surprise. Yeah, good man. So, yeah, uh, what was your first seminar in jiu jitsu? And do you remember what was taught at it? Yeah, I was teaching, um, I think it was in Cyprus. I did um, I, a half guard uh, mastery seminar. But I was playing a lot of half guard. And, you know, like, uh, half guard is good. I'm not saying it's not good. But you you need to adapt your size and your style of game to your jiu-jitsu. And half guard is a basic, and everybody have to have a good half guard. But I I was relying on my half guard, which was not good because you don't want to get you don't want to let your guy get so close to your face, you know. And in and the smaller guys are not passing from the knees; they're passing with their feet, so it's hard to catch them. But I did a lot of like half guard and deep half guard and all that, which was like a Lucas Lecce style. Yeah, uh, see, I get, I, I meant like a, a first seminar you attended, not one you taught. <laughs> ah, ah, I thought the one that I did, sorry. Uh, uh, the one that I attended, uh, I think it was in, in Israel, I think, and he did like a grappling seminar. And he like choke everyone with uh, uh, guillotine and darts and all that. 
it was he he was killing everybody like he was really aggressive during sparring but he did a really good like you know he was back it was like i think it was what almost 15 years ago so you you really didn't know what to expect push god damn see uh while you were coming up through the belts did you ever learn anything from a seminar that you just integrated so well into your game it's become like a mainstay from a seminar yeah i i like less from a seminar more from um from private class because um you know me and my coach we came to a realization that it's better for us to bring someone to to a training camp than to bring him for a one seminar because you know, a seminar is just techniques most of the time. And you can see most of them, you know, online. If you have the, um, you know, the AOJ website or the Lucas Lepre website and others. Um, from seminars, you maybe can, you can, you might be learning like small details about techniques. But, but when we brought people to, to a training camp for like a week, we can start learning a lot of their kind of game and then adapting whatever fits us. Um, but from private classes, I was learning a lot. Like the best example I can give you is the, the private classes I did with uh, Rafael Mendes. You know, every time I came in, I, I came to AOJ every year to do a private class with him and train there, but also doing a private class with him. And every time he like showed me like a new jiu-jitsu, like I was sure that I'm going to be better and I'm going to show him that I improve a lot. And then he showed me that I have a lot to improve more. But he really opened up my eyes every time I did a private class with him. Ooh. God damn, man. The fucking Mendez brothers. I love their fucking Anaconda Choke videos. I fucking love that choke. Yeah. It's really good. He's, and he's doing it from everywhere. Like, he's jumping on your neck and catching you by surprise. He's doing, you know. Mm. See, it's kind of like crazy. the diving darts that the Rotulo twins do. But, like, the aerial Anaconda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I call and he has man. a he has a yeah <laughs> he has like a good way to to lock it and he's setting it up really good and then he locks it with the with the legs and and hands and it's really hard to escape. Hmm. All right. So like we've gone to this segment. It's just a bunch of questions for coaches. So what mm-hmm. would you say is the first technique you, or concept you try to instill in your beginners class? Like say day one, what's the first thing you teach them? Um, like he came for the first class ever. Yeah. First class. I think you really need to sold, to sold, to sell him the the, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because mm. he's not gonna learn a lot in his first class because it's a huge new language to learn, and some people can even be you know overwhelmed just from the work from the um, warm-up. So in the beginners classes, we use, like the first beginners. We usually just show them. Like okay, this is like a rear choke, and this is a triangle, and this is an armbar, just to show them the the you know what is submission and what is like how to submit a guy. Um, because I think something that really catches the eyes of beginners is the uh, is the ability to submit someone. I don't think there's any other sport, especially like a martial arts sport, where the opponent can you know forfeit like submit the like telling you you won because. I couldn't do anything. Kind of checkmate, you know? Hmm. Uh, imagine so, if there was a jiu-jitsu equivalent of, like, check. Like, because, you know, in chess, you know, if you have a, one more move that'll, just, you know, 
attack the king and they're like, oh, check. Oh, checkmate. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Just does one move like that. How about a, a backhand tap? <laughs> <laughs> ah, like a checkmate, a checkmate of jujitsu. Yeah. Ah, it's just falling asleep. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> or uh, getting your arm broken. You know, yeah, over getting your arm broken. Mm. Like, oh, um, no. I didn't tap, but I lost, you know. Mm. Oh, dude, that reminds me of something. See, uh, okay, you know, since an arm bar is called an arm bar, right? But a knee yeah. bar is called a knee bar. Mm-hmm. Why isn't an arm bar called an elbow bar and a knee bar called a leg bar? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's getting too technical, you know. Well, like, Nobody gave does... too much thought about that when they, when they came up with a you know, more eyes on a guy's name. So it's not really like a shoulder. Like I think some people call it like a shoulder twist or shoulder lock. I like... never, I never, I, re- I never understand why they call Americana key lock enemy. And Americana. I never understood that. It's weird. Yeah. I know why Mojivaka is Mojivaka. is a wrist lock. Mojivaka is like the hand of a cow. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The more you know. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, when would you suggest a student of yours to compete and how would you help them prepare for it? Yeah. So, if it's my coach's decision, then the moment he steps on the mat, he's going to compete. My coach is really competitive coach, so he really like he really pushes all of the students to compete. But in my opinion, like <clears throat> it depends on the person on the personality of the guy. If he if he's a competitor, like a competitive person, then he can compete since white belts. But if he's not, then I would suggest him to compete like since blue belts. Since like the moment he starts, you know, understanding a bit of the game and. He should try to compete because they should look at the competition as something that it's, you know, an addition to the training, not something stressful and, you know, huge deal that it's going to change your jiu-jitsu forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you should look at, um, especially at the beginning, especially if you're not a full-time competitor or, you know, just a beginner, then look at a competition as, a, as an extension of an open man, you know. You're going to train with a few different people, especially the Blue Belt. You have a lot of fights, every competition. So it's like a, an, an additional workout. And then you're going to see if you like it or not. If you, if you like the feeling of the competition, then you can start competing more and then advance to like a more uh, high, um, like a better competitor mindset. And if you don't like it, then you just did the competition. And like I say to everyone, the people that are trying to compete, are already better than 90% of the people that didn't want to compete and didn't set up, step out of the comfort zone. Mm. Oh, man, that's a great way to put it, in my opinion. And see, uh, do you guys have any specific requirements for uh, blue belts, just as an example? Um, I think it's, it's around like a few years, not a few years, but like uh, at least uh, a year and a half, two years, depends on the, on the advancement of the guy. Um, that's it. Like we we don't have a specific like uh, he needs to know like one, two, three, and four. But every coach has a different approach to that. Some people like the requirement, like he needs to know uh, a few types of opening the guard and a few types of submission and stuff like. That. Um, my coach is just like to to evaluate the the progression of the guy because everybody learned in a different pace. Hmm. No, I get you. See, uh, okay. 
What would you say is the most important value you've instilled in your gym environment? Mm. Wow, that's a that's a great question. Like the value that as a team, um, because we have like the team and we have the overall thing. I'm trying to find like the the common the 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 thing that we that both have. Um, but I think it's like. I don't know if it's, it's considered a value, but it's like the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu lifestyle. Like we have this quote that we always say, we, we rise by lifting others. So I think that's the value that we have the most. We're trying to help each other, you know, as a team, we're trying to help each other all the time, um, in training, outside of training, during competition. And, and you know, as a, as a group, as a gym, as a whole, um, you know, you, you can see a lot of the competitors helping the the beginners or helping the more adults or masters or the, the the guys that are coming just for fun, help them improve. And it's kind of like a, you give what you get and you get what you give. Hmm. All right. So we got a few questions off the Instagram if you're up for this. It's a pretty answer. I'll just put it up. Okay. I need to prepare myself. <laughs> no, I just have to flip to the right page because I have all this written down in a notebook. <laughs> How did you manage time with, with your college degree while training to be high level? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a hard question, but it was hard. It wasn't easy, but it's a lot of, uh, about preparation and dedication. And it's not a cliche. I'm not saying like, you know, put your mind into it and do it. It was just me preparing everything in advance. So uh, during the exams, uh, had I needed to lose weight for a competition, I need to be on it. So I was preparing my food in advance. Um, like I do now, I have a meal prep. Like uh, I'm working with a company that's giving me a meal prep um, for my week of training. And it really helps my, my diet because I'm not thinking of, you know, when I need to cook or what I should cook or what I should eat. I'm just eating what I, is already prepared for me. And that's what I did in training. I was bringing uh, the food to the exams or to the classes. And trying to avoid, you know, eating snacks and chocolate and stuff. It's not easy because the temptation is there, but, you know, you do it. And I was training. I was just, you know, I was either studying in the morning and then I go train at night or the opposite. I was training in the morning, study afternoon, and then maybe do another weightlifting session at night. So it's just about the scheduling. That's the, my best recommendation for people that I do learn. I see. We got another one from uh, the Reddit. See, uh, how long and how many times do instructors drill uh, and train one technique before getting it filmed for a YouTube video or or an instructional or something? That there, there was, or something to add on or something or something. What is something? Um, Uh Like, I, uh, it depends. If it's a technique that I like to do, like that it's one of my favorites and I'm not really preparing it because I do it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it like, because I like it. But if it's a request, a request that I get, um, or a specific request that I get, then I would read it a few times to see them and then I will film it to see how I look. And if I see a lot of mistakes that I did, then I'm gonna read it again again and then I'm gonna upload it. I'm not gonna upload like a, semi-good technique because i want it to look perfect but that's that's my opinion some people are just you know filming themselves and 
putting it out there. So, mm. uh, so guys, we've reached a segment of the podcast, I like to call around the specifics, just a bunch of random questions, some about jiu-jitsu, some aren't. So, do you want to do around the specifics, Tomer? Yeah, let's do it. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, what would you say is your favorite gi in your collection? Uh, the Albino Trader one. I like the different um, from my APGs are the, the, I think that's his name. Like it's, uh, the same color of the Joker is green and purple. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the first gears that I got from there and <coughs> loving it. It's super, <laughs> it's super tight as well. So it's really hard to grab it. Oh. So it's <laughs> Man, tight gears are, the, are a must if you, you don't want to get grabbed. Yeah, yeah. I just I just want to make it annoying for people to play Spider Guard on me. Exactly, exactly. I'm not giving anything, and and it's really like um like a paper like a sand glass. So if I rub it on your face, you're gonna get caught. So. Hmm. I uh, see. So, uh, who would you say is the most famous person you rolled with? Um. Uh, GSP, like George and Pierre, but it was like a chance, like by chance from heaven. I don't know how it happens, but he came to Israel. He visited Israel once, and I don't know how the gods are aligned that he will come to train with us. And he came to a training. We did like a, like a sort of like a semi-private seminar with him, and then he wanted to roll a bit, and we roll with him. And he's an amazing person. But the, the second to that is Rafael Mendes. Hmm. Uh, see ya. <clears throat> Ah, sorry. Uh, what, what was your favorite TV show growing up? My favorite TV show growing up? Power Rangers. Ooh, good, <laughs> good choice, my man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, was, I was a Power Ranger. Like, I was super hyper about Power Rangers. I was in a moment, like, there was a moment in time when I was, you know, when I was much younger that I was truly, I was truly believing that it's real. That you, <laughs> that if I would get my hands on the morphing stuff, then I would get up. I would be a part. It didn't work for me, but <laughs> uh, let's just say it would work for a second. What color would you pick? The white orange, of course. <laughs> the coolest one. Come on. Ah uh, man, he was if way, not the white. He was huh? way cooler when he was green. Let's just be real. I don't know. Like I was more of the white orange type of uh, fan, but a lot of people say the green one was much cooler. I don't know. If, well, if I, not the white one, then I will be the red. Of course. Uh, I'm going to settle this debate once and for all. The yeah. green one had a dragon sword, but the white one had a tiger sword. Dragons are better than tigers. Fact. Yeah. The, no, I agree. I agree with that. The, the dragon sword is much more than the tiger sword. For sure. No question. <laughs> for sure. I uh, see. Uh, what, what was your first video game console? And what was your favorite game on it? Uh, video game? First one, I think the first one I played was Crash Bandicoot, like the Ooh. old, yeah, the old school Crash Bandicoot. But my favorite game is a, kind of an old school, but it's called the Gears of War. I don't know if you heard about this game. Mm. Yeah, he, I, I have it. He was, you have it? Yeah, so yeah it's pr- pretty good. I was, I was, yeah, it's not like one of the best game ever, but it was uh, one of my first games that I played with a friend because they had like a co-op mode. That you can do the story with and we were playing it like all the time we were like addicted to this so good memories 
Mm. Oh, I get this. Did you ever see that TV show, uh, Futurama? Yeah, um, I know it. I didn't see a lot of the episode, but I know it. Why? Mm. Do, do you know uh, the guy who voiced the robot, Bender? Yeah. He voices the guy from Gears of War, the main character. Really? Marcus? Yeah. I didn't know that. Cool fact. Sure. That's nice. I didn't know that. Uh, the more you know. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. See, what would you say is the most embarrassing injury you've got, whether it be jiu-jitsu related or non-jiu-jitsu related? Embarrassing injury? Yeah. Just the way you got injured was just so fucking stupid, like. Wow. Um, you know, I think I slipped and, and hurt my knee. It's not even on a jiu-jitsu. It was like a... Ah, no, no, I think there's a... I think... I don't know if it's embarrassing, it's, but um, it's a funny story. So, like, back then I was training in, um, you know, during my striking days, and I was training with someone that is... He was like a celebrity back then, but now he's in, he was in the government. Like, he almost became a prime minister in Israel. And and when I trained with him, you know, I didn't want to go so strong because, um, you know, he was a celebrity back then. I didn't want to injure him or I didn't want to give him a bruise or something because he's going to go on TV. And I was really, you know, flowing during the sparring and I slipped and I broke my ankle. But like I needed to go for a surgery because of that. And I couldn't, I didn't want to say to the doctors, like, yeah, this guy broke my ankle because, you know, all the press will say this guy, you know, broke a teenager's ankle and all that so, <laughs> so the, uh, the first the first thing they wrote on my uh, cast was um was sorry and the guy's name like you know sorry and then the guy's name under it <laughs> that was the first uh, thing that i had on my cast yeah uh, i remember they tried to calm me down they told me like oh don't worry just a bruise it's not a real you didn't broke anything don't worry and i see like my leg it's bent in a way that it's not natural. Like, there's no mm. way it's just a bruise, you know, come on. And they tell me, oh, no, don't worry, it's nothing. Like, two weeks, you're going to be, like, new surgeries. That's great. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, so, yeah. You, the, the fine <laughs> fun. Yeah. yeah. If you could ban one guard or position from competition, what would it be and why? If I could do what? Uh, ban one guards or position ah. from competition. 50 50. 50 50. For sure. Uh, even in Nogi? I think there's more, especially in Nogi. <laughs> no, not, not especially in Nogi, but um, it's not. Uh, okay, like honestly, I'm playing a lot of 50 50. Um, and I think like the, the, the more annoying guard is like you know all the spiral variation lasso spider lapel variation that people are still doing now um mm -hmm. uh, but mostly because it's kind of or a hang um annoying but uh but 50 50 you can really you know if the guy's good and the guy know what he's doing he can put you in the 50 50 the whole fight and you know kind of play a bit on like, oh, I'm trying to sweep you, I'm trying to sweep you, I can't, and then going to sweep you at the end and going to win the fight by, by that, you know? Especially with the lapels and all, it's really hard to explain. Mm. No, I get you. So, so uh, yeah, I like to play in one position, it will be that one. Mm. Uh, so, uh, do you have any nicknames in the gym, Renton? Um, 
yeah, yeah, like a scientist. That uh, it's like a professor, but because I'm a black belt, so it's a professor anyway. So they call me like a scientist in Israel. It's the same. Uh, it's the same uh, meaning in Hebrew. It's the same meaning. So. Um, because I, I really like to study everything and analyze everything. Like if there's a technique that I couldn't do or didn't do right or like having trouble with it, I'm going to, you know, spend the whole day trying to figure out what I did wrong and how I should tweak it to, to make it better. Hmm. Yeah, I get yeah. you. <laughs> That's a, it's a pretty good nickname, though. I can't, wouldn't complain. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not, there's the worst. There's the worst uh, nicknames out there, I'm sure. Nah. Yeah, uh, do you have a favorite song to roll to in the gym? Favorite song to roll? Well, I, I didn't really think about it. Like, I have a few, I have a few genres that I like to roll with. Um, a lot of it is like, uh, like uh, 80s uh, pop songs or not pop, but like, you know, Michael Jackson kind of style of mm -hmm. songs because they get you into the groove. Um. Yeah, the, but when I train, when I lift weights, I I put a lot of heavy metal and rock and all of that because it gives you, it gets you pumped, you know, because you want to break the weights. But when you roll, I think I read a really good article um, from a guy. I forgot his name, but a really good article how the rhythm affects your training. So to your question about music, you should try to find the, the right rhythm to the way you want to spar in training. So, for example, if you like to move a lot, you know, from side to side and, you know, kind of like dancing, try to find like a good, you know, um, pop song or a high-intensity high song, you know, high-rhythm song. That get you into the groove of, of flowing, you know, and passing. Hmm. Nah, that makes sense, man. Man. See, so, yeah, if you had a time machine, where's the first place you'd go? Like first stop on your time travel adventures. Um, in any regards in life, or just yeah. in uh, jujitsu? Oh no, you can go anywhere, any historical period for any reason, no limits. I yeah. I think I will go to okay. So my friend is a is a, a metal band. It was like a, since I was a kid, I liked them, and their drummer died from overdose. Uh, so I I did manage to see them, but with with the with a new drummer. So if I would time travel, I would go to a period of time that the drummer was alive and see a show with the complete group. Hmm. No, that's pretty good, my man. So, yeah, yeah. Do, you have a, do you have a favorite philosophical quote? Favorite philosophical quote? Yeah. Um, like something on, on top of my head is, is something that I think Randy, because you know, I get nervous, get excited. And it's a good quote to, to remember. Uh, because the feeling can feel the same, you know, nervous and excitement can feel the same. It just depends on how you, you know, how you manage the feeling. Same feeling can go to be uh, excited and it can be nervous. You try to take the adrenaline rush and, you know, the butterfly in your stomach and all that. Try to come to bring it out as, a, as, an, as an excitement, not as a nervousness. Mm. So that's why I like that quote. Mm. Uh, man, what would you say is the worst movie you've ever seen in your life? 
worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Hmm. There's so many. <laughs> There's so many bad movies out there. But I think those movies that are bad, that are good, you know, you, you ever heard about The Room? The, the yeah. Movie, the oh, room? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I think that's the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's so bad, it's good. So I don't know how to, you know, how to, if, you know, to people that hear this, you know, go search The Room, thank me later. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you see it, just expect it to be really bad. It's really bad that you're, you're not believing it's really like, like somebody really filmed it. <laughs> uh, I did not hear. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hear her. I did not. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. I was, I was watching that scene so many times. I was like, no, it's a joke. There's no way. There's no way someone approved this scene. Just for that scene, you need, you need to see the movie. Just for this scene. And th- you know that was the best take they got. They filmed it like thirty something times. Yeah, you saw the the um, I forgot like the kind of like the parody movie about. Oh yeah, the, the disaster artist. The disaster artist. Yeah, you know. Yeah. When you I, compare scene by scene, it's amazing to see the scene that he did and the scene that the original uh, guy did. It's, mm. it's crazy how how far they went to to do that movie. Mm. It's amazing, man. Uh, so for this question, it's a bit of a moral conundrum if you're up for it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, see, would you rather cure cancer or solve world hunger? Whew. Wow. Um, so, you know, maybe I, was, I will try to cure world hunger because um, for the people that will cure cancer, they will get money out of it. I don't want to take their jobs. If I'll cure cancer, then nobody will cure. If I'll solve world hunger, then I take all the other people's jobs. So I'll cure cancer. I'll cure cancer. Mm. I'll save more lives. And then the people that I save, I will tell them, like, try to, to find more food for the people that are hungry. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's a, that's a good point. Because, you know, like, yeah. people actually have jobs and that sort of thing. So if, that's the first time someone's yeah. brought it up. Because if you got rid of one of them, lots of people would be out of work. And like, yeah, exactly. Like, like, there's no right or wrong answer in that because both, you know, like, both of it will be good. But if I'll, if I'll, uh, I'll solve work, then a lot of people that will not need, will lose their jobs. If I cancer, then I will save more lives. People might have, you know, find more jobs and help cure, uh, help solve world hunger. So maybe that's better. Mm. I, I, I've, I've seen a lot of um, paradox um, videos in the last couple of days. There's a lot of like famous paradox that cannot really be solved. So my mind is like working about solving paradox right now. I mm. know. Uh, maybe, maybe there is no right answer. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. 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 I yeah. uh, see. In your opinion, could you uh, pull off a handlebar mustache? No. No way. No way. I was trying. I was trying to do a mustache. I had a phase on it and didn't work for me. Actually, you know, I've, I've because in the army we couldn't. I couldn't grow a beard. I had to shave, and I look like a like a 12 years old when I'm not when I'm not uh, having a beard or like kind of if I'm shaving I'm look like a 20 years uh, 12 years old. So. 
I didn't shave from the from my from my army days. Like the moment I I finished my army, I stopped shaving. Mm. Like I was just streaming. So no, I'm not gonna grow a mustache. I'm gonna keep my beard. I like it. I like it that way. Mm. Uh, see, uh, <laughs> yeah. if you became president of Earth, what's the first sort of law you'd enact? Like, the, what's the first thing you do? Uh, the, the first law, you mean? Yeah, like if you became president of Earth. Um, president of Earth, of Earth, of Earth. That's that's a huge, that's a huge job. Mm. Well, I would, I would, um, I would. Banned heel hooks from any competition. <laughs> For sure. No heel hooks to anyone. Uh, no, you're, you're not going to stop all war. You're just going <laughs> to ban heel hooks. Hey, hey, if you want a war, then bring it on. Bring it on. But <laughs> I will stop the debate once and for all. Like, there's no more heel hooks, you know? Don't don't even compare, like, yeah, if it was a heel hook fight, then I would get your legs. And that you know, no more. You can only do the legal stuff. Mm. Uh, what would you say is your jujitsu spirit animal? Um, jujitsu spirit animal. Wow. I'm like it's a hybrid of a snake and a bear. <laughs> a snake and a, and a what? A chimera. Oh, and a bear. <laughs> <laughs> a chimera, you know, like uh, a really man. fat snake. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my spirit animal. <laughs> uh, man, it's it's like that fucking uh, episode of South Park with that thing, uh, man bear pig. Man bear pig, yeah. <laughs> man, South Park is such a good show. Oh, dude, I love it. Mm. It's so good. Uh, so we've reached the last question. Ooh, are you ready for the last question? Oh. Yeah. Last question. Let's Ooh. do it. <laughs> right. what, would you say, uh, what would you say is the most important lesson you've learned in all your years of training jiu-jitsu? The most, imp- uh, imp- the most important lesson that I learned in my jiu-jitsu journey? Yeah. Um, be careful from white belt. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. Um in jiu-jitsu i think i think it was when i when when i got my black belt and you know i started you realize that you know people are look at you differently you know it's it's kind of a cliche but what i mean by that is uh, um you represent the sport the moment you get your black belt you know because people are looking at you as like the ultimate degree that they want to be at when they when they get the black belt, so you know, I, I I understand that I can't anymore. You know, look look not good, and you know, need to have patience with the new belt. So if people ask me question, I'm not disrespecting them or you know, giving them like a funny answer because people are look at you as a as an authority of the sport. So you want to represent the sport with the respect. Especially if you, you know, travel the world. So, mm. no, I get you. I don't know. It's kind of like changed my mind. Yeah. Mm. No, that makes sense. 
All right, so guys, we've reached the end of the podcast. If you want to follow Tomer on anything, it's uh, at Tomer Alroy on Instagram. It'll be in the description anyway, so you just copy and paste it. So, Tomer, do you have anything to say before we shoot off? Uh, thank you so much for having me. It was a really fun show. And, yeah, if you have any questions, just let me know. You can go to my Instagram or you can go to my website and see what I, mm. what I talk about over there. All right. So thanks, guys, for listening in. It was...